Totally Unbiased Sports with Josh and Kellen. This week, it's episode 50. We made it to 50. Episode 50, football's back. The Ryan Shazier episode that is being recorded on his birthday. Wow. Um, talk about a little bit of a yin explosion over here for me. Um, football's back. We're back. Uh, Kellen, how, how you doing this week? Who's your number 50 What's going on over there in Dallas? I'm doing good. Uh, hand is feeling much better this week. I'm able to do normal tasks like uh, close and open a fist. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, my number 50, of course, is Corey Crawford. Crow, man. Yes. Two-time two time cup champion, Chicago Blackhawks. One of the greatest goalies uh, to ever uh, put on the red sweater. So has to be Corey Crawford. All right. That's yeah. a good one. That's a good yeah, one. I know. I know. I, I'm ashamed it took me that it long. It did to take you that. quite a bit of time to come up with that. I was like, I know there's a very prominent Blackhawk that wore 50. I just couldn't think of the name. And I man. mean, as as the hockey guy and a Blackhawks fan, I would yeah. have thought you would know that. Yeah. But yeah. that's embarrassing. I don't know. Maybe maybe you could take my title as hockey guy on the podcast, and I can my, be basketball guy now. Yeah, I might have to do that. Um. There's actually, while we're kind of on the topic, there was some huge news out of the NHL this week. And I think, yeah, we're going to get into college football because that was like obviously the biggest thing that happened this week. But the huge news out of the NHL is NHL players are going back to the Olympics, which means which means we are going to have a team that has Sidney Crosby. Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon on it. And then, I mean, then you can keep going. Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, Jonathan Taves. Like, it is going to be some of, like, you get two of the best hockey players to ever play the game are going to be on the same team. And it's just going to be a treat to watch. Yes, you can go to the American side and see Patrick Kane and Austin Matthews and everything. But it is going to be an absolute treat and a half to watch this generational overlap that we're going to get from a lot of different countries, actually. Um, so fun to watch. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's be absolutely stacked. I mean, that's the thing is like uh, my biggest concern with, you know, all these players going back to the Olympics is like in the NHL video game. Are they going to also update Team Japan's roster now, too? Probably. Yes, I will okay, assume good, that Team good. Japan yes. is going to be updated. All right. I'm all in then. Yes. Yes. We'll be able to get online and play as Team Canada and Team Japan. I mean, you might actually beat me. I'm on a cold streak in my franchise right now on NHL. I cannot buy a win. It's been a tough day for me. Hey, did um, I did, did you hear the news? I'm getting an Xbox. 
I did not hear the news that you're getting an Xbox. Yeah, I'm getting an Xbox. It's not a big deal. Wow, but. I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. For, oh, wow. That's, same, same way you get some of your video games from me for free. Yes. That's. Do you want it back? Do you want Madden like 18 now? <laughs> no. I can give it to you. <laughs> the Antonio have, Brown cover? Now that, yeah, now that you have an Xbox, I can give you your Madden game. Okay, wait. Actually, I do want to talk about this, like Madden. Um. Have you seen like some of the the Madden videos going around of just like how buggy the ga- the newest game is? Like they have to be no. doing that on purpose now, right? I feel like probably I haven't heard like I walked into Best Buy with Javi last week to buy a microwave and I saw the Madden, the new Madden there and I was like that's out and he goes they released that? Like Neither one of us realized that Madden was even released and that there was like a new Madden game. I feel like it went so under the radar this year and it kind of sucks. Um, but no, I haven't seen that many videos probably because I didn't really even know the game existed yet. I don't who, know. Who goes to Best Buy to buy a microwave? Um, when there there really wasn't that much going on, they had good Labor Day sales, so like you know. Okay. Okay. I was gonna say um, like so so many better places to get a microwave from. Oh. Uh, it was on sale, and it's right across from Costco, which was the main destination was Costco. Gotcha. So gotcha. It was That's more the accessibility, but anyway, that's yeah. I mean, that's that's talking hockey. Let's get into football. Football's back. It's completely back. I mean, I it's back. it's just it's so back, and it just felt so good. And I got to a level yesterday that I didn't think I was going to get to, and didn't necessarily want to get to. But we can talk about that in a bit. Let's start. Let's start with um, – I think I might be an actual analyst and a college football genius. I think this is a good place to start for this Okay. Week. Dude, because uh, – Explain. Because I'll tell you what. you When you were talking about the – you were previewing the games, you got all the times completely wrong. I'm just going to let you know about that right now. No, I didn't. That, with the – okay. You didn't get the times wrong. You got a lot of the days wrong. Because you, you no. said Ohio State, Minnesota was on Saturday. No, I said it was Thursday night. And you said Virginia Tech, North Carolina was, was on Friday. Saturday. No, I no. didn't. No, I, no, no, I didn't because I was leading you up to Saturday. I was okay. saying it starting Thursday night with Ohio State. Then it goes to Friday. And then on Saturday, you get that full slate is what I was saying. No, but you were saying like you could pick between these games on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Virginia Tech. No, I didn't. Absolutely did not, because I remember there was a nightcap. Okay, somebody somebody that wants to re-listen to one of our episodes, please figure this out for us, because... Absolute idiot. Unbelievable. But anyway, as I was saying... Maybe relax for a second, okay? Your team won this week. Relax. As I was saying, I'm a genius. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because all these analysts are out there. And they're just like, yeah, North Carolina is going to win. Put your money on North Carolina. Where was I last week? I said, it's going to be impossible to play in that building. Virginia Tech is going to pull off the upset of number 10, North Carolina. What happened? I don't know if you said those exact words. I I don't even mention the building. but I literally uh, did. Oh, my God. You don't listen to anything I ever say. I mean, like... I was saying it all week. I was saying it all week. It was unbelievable. And (laughs) it happened. I just, I'm an analyst. It was great. I think we also properly predicted that LSU was going to lay an egg, which was 
also like that was that was us. my analysis. Give me well, credit. Yeah, see, look, this is what you do on a podcast. Kellen, you had a great analysis when you said this. I'm not doubting that you said LSU was going to win. I yeah, just brought I, it up for you. But I actually said it. That's the difference. I literally said Virginia Tech's going to go win. Listen to the tapes. Ask my roommate all week. I was like, Virginia Tech's going to win this game. There's not a chance Virginia Tech was going to lose that game. It's one of the most hostile buildings in all of college sports. Um, Okay. Like you probably said Virginia Tech's going to win, but you're acting like you put your 100% seal of approval I, on this game. I literally did. You were probably more like, yeah, Virginia Tech could win. That's a tough play. No, and then no, I said Virginia Tech's gonna win, and you said, but Mitch Trubisky. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, now I remember <laughs> that. That's that's the way to jog my memory right there. All right, I'll give that to you. Yeah, I one hundred percent said that. I also properly predicted that Alabama and Miami was gonna be a game for maybe a quarter at the most. It was a game for like five we all minutes. Boom. Indiana, Iowa said that was going to be a game. Kind of was. I said Iowa's got a team. Oh, no, 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 I no, said, no. I said Iowa's got a team. Iowa has a team. Um, I also said Indiana has an explosive offense. I can yeah, guarantee. I did say that. Point. I did so say that. Maybe, maybe you just shouldn't have brought up that game right there. I also said Wisconsin, Penn State. Guess what? Penn State won. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what what you didn't even predict anything for this game. Why are I'm you I'm pretty playing? sure I did. I'm pretty sure I said Wisconsin sucks. But anyway, now you're just making stuff up. At no. first you're being truthful. Now now this is this is quite dishonest. But anyway, no, I accurately predicted everything that was going to happen. I did say Clemson was going to lose as well. Kellen, where do we want to start with these games? <laughs> we should probably break them down a little bit. But where do we want to start with the college football? I can't believe how much you just lied right there. But uh, go back and listen to the tapes. I'm not going to. But I exactly. guess we'll start off with uh I mean the the beginning of week 1 which was on Thursday. Uh Minnesota Ohio State that game was good for about a half. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State pulled away. My big takeaway from the game is uh I like the I like when a team has a head coach that all their fans can dress up like like PJ Fleck. Yeah. Every old man in Minnesota can just wear a quarter zip and a bad pair of sunglasses and they look like PJ Fleck. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I really like that. Only, that's my only takeaway from the game. Other than that, the game kind of stunk. It did. Um, yeah, I think Ohio State's done. Like, they just didn't. They don't have it for me anymore. Their quarterback kind of sucks. The, but their whatever. Not great. The game really turned when. Uh, who's it? Ibrahim for. Ibrahim. Uh, exploded his Achilles. What? He cut out. When I said when Ibrahim just exploded his Achilles. Is was it his Achilles? Is it, I I'm assuming it was. That's what Twitter said was Achilles. That's great. Because he uh um yeah that game got bad once uh, Minnesota's running back went out, but uh it was okay for a half. Next game I mean that we could actually talk about which was a really fun game, uh Virginia Tech North Carolina Absolutely. Virginia Tech style football was just ball control that whole game. It was electric. It felt like they had the ball for 50 minutes of that game. It was unreal. Like, and the fan, like, this was the first, this was really the first, like, fans are back moment. The Enter Sandman 
at the beginning of that game was just like we everyone just collectively was like, wow, we really, really miss this. This is just so awesome. Like it was so loud in that building. The the fans fans are back, man, as Dr. Pepper commercials are saying. It felt so good. This is the first game where I think the fans actually had an impact on the game, which was so nice to see that happen. And yeah, Virginia Tech just controlled the ball. They controlled the game. They can they controlled everything. It was they controlled the uncontrollables in that game. And that's really where they ended up taking over North Carolina. I was never too high on North Carolina. Um, that number 10 ranking was a little bit high for me. But, you know, yeah, it, that, it was a game. That was, that was, it was a good that one. That was a tough game, tough game for Sam Howell's Heisman campaign. Uh, not a good you, way to get it started with a loss. Right I think there, every sir. Heisman campaign died this weekend. <laughs> it felt like it. Like, I mean, what other ones were out there? Um, Notre Dame's running back. That was one that was like trying to get going. Kyron day. Williams, but like what? What actual other ones were there? Dear King, that one took yeah, a hit. Dead. Certainly, yeah. But not great. I'm trying to think of the oh, uh, uh, DJ Uyunglele. Uh, yep, I got gone. close that time. That was actually, name. I think, pretty correct. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. That that one took a hit. Yeah. If he does win the Heisman, there's no way. The guy that announces the Heisman winners is going to be able to pronounce his name. Like, remember how bad he butchered uh, Tagovailoa? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be tough. Yeah, a couple Heisman campaigns definitely took a hit. But you're right. The atmosphere at the Virginia Tech game was great. I love the football they were playing where it was just let's play defense and run the football and just oh, yeah. never put the ball in Sam Howell's hands. And when it was in his hands, he was throwing interceptions. Very stupid uncharacteristic. Stuff. But, I mean – North Carolina was playing from behind the whole game, so yeah, he didn't he didn't have a lot of choices there. Mac Mac Brown looked absolutely disheveled on the sideline, looked very confused, looked very old. Oh yeah, 100%. age has, has caught that man a little bit. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this game though, besides the fans? What's no, up? Any questions there? No, not 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 really. Honestly, like pretty straightforward. I think you touched on it. Yeah, the just a bad bad quarterbacking in key moments from North Carolina. That's really comes yeah. down to that. Just bad decision making in the quarterback position. So just like mistakes that you don't see from like that of a Mitchell Trubisky. Yes. Is, so yeah. You know, hopefully hopefully things get better for Sam Howell. Tough start to his Heisman campaign, but tough start to a loss. So he's still he's still in the race, certainly. Yes. Uh, next game we can move on to. Let's start moving into the Saturday games. Uh, one of the earlier games that was happening was Penn State and Wisconsin. Uh, Josh, how much of that game did you watch? That was like a, it uh, felt like a classic Big Big Ten game. Like right away, half. I was actually I was working the first half, and one of my coworkers, um, she is a she's from Pittsburgh, big Pittsburgh fan. Um, her dad went to Penn State. Her mom, I think, went to Pitt. So she was watching that game and like I just saw the tweets about how there were no points and I was like, are you actually watching a game right now with no points? And she's like, yeah, it really sucks. And then I came home right after the touchdown was scored and I saw all the points in the game. Uh, I'm not saying that I did it, but like I brought the points to the game by turning the game on and Wisconsin sucks. That's really, I think, their offense is terrible. 
So you ruined the game, is what you're saying? I did ruin the game, yes. Yeah, that was a classic more Big than, Ten matchup until you showed up. I ruined, I ruined the game more than Penn State playing can ruin the game, I guess. But, <laughs> dude, Wisconsin sucks. Yeah, they've never had a good quarterback ever. They're just so bad. Like their offense is terrible. It no, they always so they always have like this is this is Wisconsin, of course. That's how they've always been. It's always been offensive line, running back, maybe a good tight end, and then defense. But the quarterback and receivers are never going to be good. It was so bad. It was so painful to watch. And Penn State won, and like somehow, I just don't get how Penn State's like the underdog or trying to play this underdog card this year. Like they go, we lost in the first week last year. So we were, we played through that adversity and we won in the first week this year. Like, look at us, the underdogs, everyone counted us out Would literally no. you're, if you're a blue blood of college football, you're not going to be counted out. You're, you have one of the biggest names in college football. Like don't yeah. play the underdog card. Um, Pretty weak by the Wisconsin fans, I would say they're showing. Um, just, you weren't, you were not a fan of jump around. Jump around looked electric, man. It, I mean, yeah, it was a little bit electric, but like, I don't know. I'm just they weren't very, they weren't very college football fanny. You know what I mean? Like, they no, just weren't, they weren't going berserk. We didn't get like a, it just they were too tame, I guess. It's, yeah, there the were a lot is, of like. Also, also about, uh, you know, a little bit of that falls back on the team, too, uh, because well, I mean, yeah. how could you go crazy watching that offense? It was know? terrible. Yeah, that offense is just so bad, but they were not feeding off of each other at all. No, it was it was it was a game. I mean, I really wanted I think everyone wanted more from that game, but the end was kind of cool. Like it at least kind of came down to a somewhat intense ending but yeah we all yeah. knew penn state was gonna win that game and if you didn't then you're just an idiot so okay well you didn't even predict make a prediction that's just wisconsin fans did you no okay but like but like if you if you're not making a prediction i don't know i don't understand how you can call other people out you didn't let me you're, you're, you're literally too much of a coward to make a prediction for that game i literally wasn't i just didn't want to waste my breath talking about Two pointless okay, yeah. teams. Okay. Okay. Mean sure. Absolutely two, nothing. Two ranked teams. Two ranked teams. Okay. I gotcha. Hey, do you want to talk about Penn State? I got a lot of things I can talk about Penn State. No, we're not gonna if get to. We want to really get Penn into State. Penn State. I, I can. I, I can start talking about Penn State. I don't, um, need, to, I don't need my editing uh, job to be any more difficult. Okay. So we're not gonna get you going. All I'm saying is we Penn all State. knew Penn State was gonna win, except for the delusional Wisconsin fans who forgot that they have a terrible football team. That's just not the case, though. Like Wisconsin's not bad. Wisconsin was favored going into the game. Exactly so why they weren't gonna win, though. Okay. I. It makes no sense what you're saying right now. Like, okay. Uh, anyways, let's move on to Indiana, Iowa. Uh, another Big Ten matchup. Dud. This game you did not call correctly. No, this is a dud. Yeah. They even misspelled Indiana on their running back's jersey. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, Indiana really didn't show up. I, that's That was one of my concerns is just like they seemed like they had a really good COVID season, which they did. Uh, you can't really deny that. But 
it seems like it might have just been because of like the weirdness happening in college football last year that Indiana looked better than what they actually are. Granted, this is only one game into the 2021 season, and they played a good Iowa team, so maybe they are okay. But I think Indiana was definitely overrated going into this season, and they were really boring to they watch. Were, yeah, it was a bad game. I mean, I, I was kind of let down. I was kind of let down by these these mid games because I thought there was going to be something good going on, and we just kind of had two duds of a game at 3:30, um, which really really stunk. Hated to see it. I don't know. Like, there's not much. They did the wave again, which was really cool to see. Um, going back to the fans being back in the stadiums. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Indiana's got some work to do. They luckily they do got some teams coming to play them though, so they can maybe at least make a case for themselves to be a good team. I mean, they're clearly not a playoff team, but like they're gonna play the Bearcats. They're gonna play a few teams so if they can play them close and maybe win they might they might be able to save their season a little bit so yeah yeah i'll tell you what great week you know speaking of cincinnati great week for the big 12 i'm just just saying you got you got four new schools being added three of those schools won and the only one that lost was playing another big 12 school so i mean it's just it was a great showing for the for the big 12 big 12 is back i'm not worried we probably got rid of our two worst teams in the conference and added four excellent teams. Uh, and, you know, you also still have Baylor in the Big 12. So Big 12 is looking good. I think that's a good time to transition over to uh, some of the traders of the Big 12. Uh, Oklahoma played Tulane, and uh, yeah. it was a close game. They Tulane had a shot to win. They had the ball down five with two minutes left, driving downfield at about midfield. Just couldn't convert on a fourth down. They were one yard short. But they had a chance to beat Oklahoma. Made me feel really good about uh, Oklahoma's defense in that it's still the same old defense they've had the last 10 years. And that oh, yeah. it's Oklahoma. non-existent. They'll have like one guy that goes in the first round who's uber talented, but the rest of their defense is just cheese. So Oklahoma, uh, definitely going to fall in the rankings. They started out the season yeah. number two. I def I expect Georgia to jump to number two after this week. But yes, definitely. Not a great showing by Oklahoma. Good showing by Tulane. I think Tulane's not a bad team, certainly. Uh, but Oklahoma, you gotta handle them, especially but yeah, as the number two team in the country. You've yeah, take and care with business. the with the game changing locations too. I mean, it was supposed to be played in Tulane. Yeah. It it, it turned into a home game for you guys too. You got gotta have a better showing than that. It's embarrassing. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It's complete, complete embarrassment um, to the sport. Mm-hmm. But to the Big thing, Twelve, good yeah. riddance. Embarrass yeah. yourself in the SEC, please, guys, please. That'd be nice. Yeah. Oh, they'll do that. They will do their best to embarrass themselves every week in the SEC. Yeah. So they'll succeed. Texas also, uh, they they had a nice win. Um, it kind of goes back to what I was saying with Indiana, with Louisiana Lafayette. Is just they had a good COVID season. I don't think they yeah. were necessarily good going into this year. So it was like it was such a it was such a lose lose game for Texas going in. Where if they lost, it'd been like <laughs> you guys uh, lost, lost to Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah. But if you won, it's like it's Louisiana Lafayette guys. So yeah. Um, happy to see nothing really happened significant in that game. But uh, 
What what do you want to talk about? Bama and Miami. That was a that was billed as a big matchup. Yeah, that was a complete blowout. Um, so it went the exact same way that we get every single other big matchup that Alabama ever plays, where it's like, oh yeah, here's a matchup, Alabama. Like this team can do X, Y, and Z to beat Alabama, and then Alabama just proves that they are full grown men playing against boys in college football, and the one thing I realized is, I mean, we all know this in the back of our minds, but I actually like after this weekend, I don't think there's a single team that's going to even give Alabama a run for their money this year. I yeah. think Alabama is going to just coast to it. So college football fans, forget about the playoffs. Forget about trying to make the playoffs. Just focus on winning your rivalry games and having the best record you can because it's not going to matter. Alabama is just stupid good this year it's a cyclic it's a cyclical thing they go through and once every like i'd say two three years alabama is just un untouchable and then they, they do put together you know then there's the years that they can actually be beat but this year i do not think they're going to be beat they just looked so good so dominant yeah and, and it also like to me it goes back to like all the other top tier teams, how they looked this week. Yeah, this they weekend. didn't look good. They didn't look exceptional. No, nobody really dominated. So unless Georgia's defense is that legit, then then we'll see. But Clemson's defense looked fine too. Uh, but yeah, Bryce Young looked good as a freshman quarterback making his first start. I think so Mechie or whatever the yeah. Alabama receiver. It's just like that's going to be their next first round wide receiver pick that. They never have a bust at wide receiver either. No. Like all these – it's like running back outside of Trent Richardson for Alabama. Like they just don't – they don't make busts. It's it's crazy. Uh, it, it, it feels like going like going to the season, it feels like what it would be like going to the season when the Warriors just added Kevin Durant. It's just like, yeah. all right, so the regular season just for fun. Like let's just have fun, guys. Because this team's going to be the champion at the end of the year. Like, we already know. Yeah, it, it doesn't even, like, I, after this week, there's not even, I mean, maybe Georgia, but Georgia didn't even, their offense didn't look anywhere near good enough to be able to put up points, even if their defense holds them. Like, yeah, their offense just, scored three points. That's it. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be Alabama, and we're we're just wasting our time sitting around acting like it's gonna matter but yeah i mean they they absolutely dummied around Derek king for 60 minutes yeah. like who is he looked he looked lost and i mean Derek king's like very athletic very mobile oh, and he just looks yeah. he looks slow that game i mean granted his teammates around him were much slower than than alabama and i think like he he's one of the guys that actually kind of fit in that game but he looked slow he was getting chopped around i mean it was it was bad for him it, and that's like it, it's the number 14 team in the country something like that so it's not like miami's a bad team they're no they were supposed they to have be good. They got some good players i mean yeah i i've i mean like i felt like i heard this every single game but it's just like oh this team is returning their entire offensive line like that yeah. felt like a big narrative this weekend like just so many teams returning so many stars on offensive line because i love of year they got with covid i absolutely love though that like the narrative around it like you're talking about is like oh they're returning all these people and like oh this team's going to be so good because they're returning all these people but every single team in college football is returning all these people 
So it doesn't give anyone an advantage that they're all coming back because everyone else has all of these people coming back. So it's just such a like yeah. normally kind of normally yeah, normally it is like a storyline like, oh yeah, he the this player didn't go to the end to the draft because he wanted to come back with his two other teammates or whatever. So they're all coming back and they're gonna they're gonna have a bolstered offensive line or something stupid like that. And this year it's like everyone's back, so it, it literally doesn't matter. They're like every team's gonna be so much better and that's that's why that's why Wisconsin didn't look so great because like every four years you run into that Wisconsin team where it's just like they're returning their entire offensive line. Nobody's yeah. going to even get in the backfield this season. And it's like, well, let's make Wisconsin number six and see if they can sneak their way into the playoff. And then they always lose two games a year and, and just yeah. ruin Big Cat's entire existence. Yeah. Uh, and But now you have all these teams doing it, which is why Wisconsin just, you know, was just an average team. Yeah. It, let's see it. It's an inter- it was an interesting first week. I loved it, though. We had so many good matchups. Yeah. Um, do we want to go to the night game? Let's do it. This game was so hyped up. I mean, we even hyped it up. We were like, this is going to be the greatest matchup ever, and it was a really, really great matchup. Just Defensively. Not, not what we thought we were going to get um, by any means. So defenses popped off in Georgia Clemson. DJ Uyunglele kind of kind of stinks. Yeah. Um, he the only team he's beaten is Boston College. Ooh. Which is kind of embarrassing. I mean, he lost to Notre Dame and Georgia, so anytime he's played anybody, he's lost. And I think Clemson oh. hasn't. I don't think Clemson's lost a home opener and quite. No, that was Georgia that hasn't lost since 2013. But I'm sure Clemson hasn't lost a home opener in forever because they normally play cupcakes. But like, well, that wasn't a home opener. That was at uh, a season at, opener. Sorry, it was a neutral site game. Yeah, it was a neutral site game. But I don't the know. Defenses, it was fun. defenses look great. I don't know, like by the second half, why Dabo was even running screen passes for Clemson at that point. I mean, Georgia's linebackers were just flying all over the oh, field. Yeah. Those. Georgia looked so fast on defense, and they were saying they were replacing like their entire secondary. <laughs> the guys that they had in the secondary looked really good. They, I mean, they just looked because they, they looked so much better than Clemson. And Grant, Clemson's losing their starting quarterback and their running back from last year. So, uh, but Uyunglele was supposed to be, you know, a Heisman candidate going into the season. Oh so, yeah. Uh, He's making bad not, throws not, and everything. Not supposed to be a huge drop-off there. At running back, I understand the drop-off. ETN was a four-year starter. He was really good. Uh, RIP his leg, whatever happened to him. I think yeah. he's Achilles. Uh, but Clemson always has, like, two, three really good receivers that you just, like, you throw 50-50 balls to or they're and incredible they're route runners, yeah. something like that. Like, they're going to make plays at some point in the game, but nothing happened. I mean, Georgia's defense just – absolutely sh- shut them down for four quarters. They, I mean, their defense was the difference in that game because they got that pick six, got that yeah. pick six. So uh, I did, I wanted overtime, but I didn't know if anything was going to be scored in overtime either. Oh yeah. It was, yeah, it was a crazy game. It was really fun to watch. If you like defense, um, I'm a big advocate for defense. I love, yeah. I love some good defensive football, but like, We'll see. I, I'm interested to see how Clemson now ends up being the favorite 
to win the national championship and how they're going to like how the case is going to be made that Clemson's better than Alabama is what I'm just really looking forward to. Hey, um, is is Virginia Tech the best team in the ACC? People are asking. Yeah, I think they, they could be, honestly. Um, yeah. But I don't know if they play Pitt this year, but watch out for Pitt when they play Virginia Tech. Somehow Pitt. I feel like Pitt. I this this could be completely wrong, but our neighbors are Virginia Tech fans, and I feel like Pitt has ruined so many of Virginia Tech seasons, where Virginia Tech slowly like putting together a season, and then they play Pitt, and they just get like blown out for some stupid reason. I could be wrong, but dude, Pitt Pitt does that. To th- they they beat Clemson like, that one year. Like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, like I I could be wrong that. They've derailed so many seasons, and I guess it brings the question of what is derailing a Virginia Tech football season. But yeah. like, I mean, That's a good point. It's like, oh no, now we're now we're playing in the Motel Six Bowl. Yeah. Now we're in the Great Idaho Potato Bowl. Darn but it. I am, as a Notre Dame fan, I'm watching out for Virginia Tech. I'm watching out for that game. That is going to be that'll be an interesting game. Yeah. So. T- do, do we want to move into this or do you got other Saturday notes? Do we want to talk about Baylor and what's going yeah. on there? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't know how much you wanted to talk about it. No, I, I wanted to like dedicate a little time for both of us to talk, like for me to Good. talk about Baylor, you to talk about Notre Dame because yeah, Notre As Dame definitely deserves to be talked, talked about. I don't know so much about Baylor. I don't know if you were following the, the tweets that I had going during that game, but I was, I was not. It was. I was just. I'm full on fire, Dave Aranda mode, and I was losing my mind. And Baylor won the game. Just so you know, it, yes. it, it didn't look great, and nothing could have looked great based off of the broadcast that I was watching. Did you Did you get a chance to look at that broadcast at all? I did try a little bit to watch it. Yes. It It was horrible. Pretty it bad. Was, I I could not believe that ESPN could put together such a bad broadcast. It's tough look. It like it, it made high school football broadcasts look exceptional. It was it was bad. The microphones that we have that we're using for this podcast were much better than the microphones they were using yeah. for that broadcast. Uh, they never once had the down and distance correct that entire game. They could not get that right. The ninety percent of the time they didn't even have the right down uh, oh, okay. correct. So you really you really had to stay focused and keep track. And then like midway through the game. Uh, the announcers was just like, you know, sorry if, you know, things aren't popping up correctly on, on the screen. It's just the stadium that we're at. I'm like, you're just going to play. So ESPN blamed all their problems on the stadium. Uh, Classic ESPN move. Yeah. Not our fault. Not Good our fault look. for putting together the worst game of all Good time. Was, the, the cameraman got fooled on play action every single time, even oh, when it wasn't supposed my, to. That is one of my favorite things ever, though. But it was like it, it was. There were times when it was like it wasn't even supposed to be play action, and he just handed the ball off, and the cameraman yeah. was like, "Oh, it's play action. Let me follow the quarterback." And then the, then the running back's ten yards downfield. Like, That's ah. brutal. So it it was it was an altogether horrible broadcast. Baylor didn't look great. Uh, they beat Texas State by seven. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Baylor did not cover. Uh, yeah. So that was unfortunate. Or actually, they won by nine. They got a safety at the very end, but um, still didn't cover the spread. It what it it didn't look great. Baylor was one of the worst running teams in college football last year. They were top five bad, 
And yeah. uh, Dave Aranda's solution to that was, well, we just need to establish the run. We didn't establish the run last year. So he ran the ball even when it didn't make sense to run the ball. And it, it still didn't look great. So I'm nervous. But, you know, it's week one. We're still working on it. I'm going to offer you a little bit of advice. Because um, one of my teams that I hold near and dear to my heart, their solution to the very same problem was to establish the run and run the ball at stupid times. And it doesn't get better. No, it doesn't it does. get better. It, it just turns it turns into then throwing like stupid screens to your running back. Um, and it's bad. It's really bad. And it may be, and then it gets better when you draft Najee Harris, which you don't have the option to. But it's never it's not gonna get better. So <laughs> also it doesn't help that our starting running back is like the I I have got gotten into it with his parents before at a oh. Baylor football game. So <laughs> lovely. So that that was the one where the it's yeah. Tristan Ebner. Uh, the guy quit. He quit on the team. So yeah. And then two days later, he comes back and rejoins the team. And I, I called him a quitter. And his parents happened to be sitting directly behind me. So you know, not not the best look, but uh, it's just a fact. No, he, it is. He, he quit on the team. It was factual uh, information, and yeah. if they couldn't handle it, they couldn't handle it. And our backup running back is a linebacker converted to running back. Yeah. So that's kind of the Thanks for doing running back situation. It's, look, it's, it's, it's great over there in Waco. It's it's going. It's going. Uh, yeah, but, you know, the Big 12 overall is looking great. I think BYU won. Did BYU end up beating Arizona? I, think they did. I have no idea. They're kind BYU of those look, teams that just plays. Good. And yeah. then once a year ESPN talks about them, and then everyone watches that game, and they lose. Yeah. So. It's usually against Utah that it happens too, but yeah. you know, they happen to be playing Arizona this time. But uh, UCF won. UCF won a real nail biter. Uh, Gus Malzahn and his uh, and his UC. Did I say UCF all those times? I was yeah. getting that. Yeah, UCF yeah. Uh, in his in his debut came back from 21 and uh, upended. Uh, who were they playing? They were playing somebody. Who did they play? Why can't, can't I think of this? Oh, Boise State, of course, oh. yeah. Beat Boise State. Uh, another good game. But Big 12 is looking great. It's in the best position it's been in in years. and uh, In weeks? In in years, really, uh, Josh. Just years. We're looking great. We're feeling good right. about ourselves. Baylor's going to probably win the Big 12 this year. We just got to work okay. out some kinks. Scary Gary at quarterback, also known as RG4. Because he's just a little bit better than RG3. So yeah. uh, his Heisman campaign got off to a decent not, start. Not he dead. actually won the game. Right. So uh, we're, we're feeling good. We're feeling good in Waco. Perfect. That's yeah. that's amazing. That's all you can ask for after week one. Yeah, exactly. Let's get into your game, though, Josh. Yeah, so they made me wait till Sunday. Yep. Now, I had a lot of mixed emotions when Notre I woke Dame, up. Notre Dame, Florida State, just so everybody's yeah. aware. I woke up Sunday with a lot of mixed emotions because the first thing I thought was, oh, my God, I'm only seven days away from waking up on a Steelers Sunday. And then I was like, Buffalo has a team this year, though. Not They've had a team for years in the years past. I'm not saying that they haven't. Then I was like, I'm not eating chicken wings for an entire week. And then I was like, 
dude, Notre Dame plays tonight. And then the Notre Dame fight song was stuck in my head all day. And so I'm just walking around just like. So that's going on in my head. That's all that's going on in my head. And then I'm walking down my stairs and I see my Steelers locker room sign. I'm like, the Steelers play next week. So it was just, it was so much going on in my brain. I was so excited. I had people coming over. We were grilling for Labor Day slash Notre Dame plan. And I would like to preface all of this by um, just taking one minute. I hate I hate officials. They're terrible. Um, Not dude, people. Did you see how many times in every single game an eligible man downfield was called? It was called at least twice in every stupid football game this year. I hadn't seen that. I don't think that things get called more than twice a season normally when I'm just like casually watching games. It is called all the time, which that really doesn't get into why I hate refs. But I was just didn't know if you picked up on how many times that that call was made this weekend. It just seemed absolutely insane. Yeah, it had to be had to be one of those rules that they were told to focus on at the beginning of the year. Like, it's just crazy. But anyway, flash, go back to Saturday. I bought Notre Dame tickets. I bought Notre Dame Cincinnati tickets. So in my mind, I'm going to watch Notre Dame play at Notre Dame Stadium in a top 10 matchup where undefeated Notre Dame is going to be playing undefeated Cincinnati. It will be a top 10 matchup. It's going to be electric. It's going to be such a great atmosphere. So now I'm watching the game with that mindset that Notre Dame just has to win. Like I figured Florida State was going to put together a team because they They've been bad for so long, and they're historically one of those teams that doesn't just like have losing seasons consecutively. Like they always are kind of feisty. Um, so I, I figured they were going to give us a game. What really frustrates me is Jack Cone. I don't like Jack Cone. Um, now this this stance is going to change. I can guarantee you that. So don't like, don't take what I say as gospel. But I don't like Jack Cone. Um, Dude's got zero moxie. He has no it factor whatsoever. He doesn't command the offense and his jersey. Like, let's just start with the jersey. So, you know how quarterbacks normally either have like the tight, like um, elastic around the shoulder pads. So it's tight or they do the long Big Ben Tom Brady look or Peyton Manning look. He's got somewhere in between. So he just looks stupid. Like it's it's short enough. It's like it's a short one without elastic. So he just looks stupid. He doesn't look like a threat. His arms look so small because of his jersey type. So you don't think like, oh, this quarterback can go deep. So from the outlook, I didn't like that. Then again, then Tommy Reese didn't change the playbook from Ian Book. So Ian Book, at least say what you want about the guy. I personally liked him for the most part. He was a running threat at times. He wasn't like he wasn't a running quarterback, but he was a running threat. Jack Cohn is not a running threat. I think I have more. I think I personally have more all around athleticism than Jack Cohn. Jack Cohn obviously is a better athlete than me. I just think I have more athleticism than Jack. Yeah, Cohn. I, don't, I don't know if he's a better athlete than you. Come on. Give but, yourself more credit. But like, see, but if I would have said that I'm a better athlete than Jack Cohn, you wouldn't have gone along with that one. No. So fair. <laughs> so like. I'm watching this. I really wasn't a big fan of it. He some he set the Notre Dame record for like he had the best first Debut. game as yeah. a Notre Dame quarterback ever. And it didn't which feel is, like it. Which is why I'm a little confused why you're out on the guy. Because it didn't feel like it. He didn't have any command. And so Notre Dame goes up hey, 18. What else did he not have a lot of? That's no moxie. 
He has no, no moxie, moxie. no it factor, moxie. no it factor. And so Notre Dame goes up 18 points, and I get mad about something that happened, and God bless their souls. My friends are watching the game with me, and they're like, it's 18 points. There's, it, they're not going to get 18 points because this is at the end of the third quarter. I can't remember what I complained about. They're like, Notre Dame's got this. I'm like, you don't understand Notre Dame. They're going to lose. Like, they're literally going to let this slip. Like, it just doesn't look right. It was one of those games that, yes, he statistically looked great, but it just – the eye test, it didn't pass the eye test. He didn't look good. Sure enough, Florida State scores. Then all hell breaks loose because Notre Dame has a drive that, that stalls. Thank you, Jack Cohn. Again, all you need to do is put together a drive and melt some clock, and it's over. Then Notre Dame's punter, when on this ensuing punt, gets hit so hard, he spins around in the air a complete 360 before hitting the ground. And this is where the hating officials comes into play. The officials called it running into the kicker. So I have no idea what roughing the kicker is. If spinning him around is not, I saw a tweet that was like, I think it was actually um, Dave Portnoy tweeted out, like, does the defenseman have to pull out a knife and stab the the punter for it to be um, roughing the kicker? Because it was just, it was asinine. Anyone watching it knows. And so what does that do? That instead of giving Notre Dame the ball back, which it's Jack, it's Jack Cohn's fault 100% that that drive didn't continue in the first place. But then it's on the officials for not making the right call. Then our defense, because they're dogs occasionally, come out and they pop Florida State's quarterback. All of a sudden, the game changes because guess who trots off the sideline? Mackenzie Milton, Milton man. trots off the sideline. And you know me. I never I can literally like be ruthless and not say a nice thing about somebody. Just go back to my big Ben Alex Smith things last year. We don't need to get into that. Just go back and listen if you want to know my stance on these. And this guy, the last time you see him, his knee is like at a right angle that it's not supposed to be at on his body. The last time he was on a football field on national television, he comes trotting out there. With so much confidence and so much moxie and so much it factor and just throws a dime right off the bat. And I was like, "Uh oh, this is not good. I was like, that's what a quarterback with moxie looks like. That's what I want. And then ESPN just absolutely unloaded all the material they had built up for Mackenzie Milton coming into the game. And like, tell him you were counting, right? Like, like, Uh, yeah, it was get get in on this one. He, this is this is what I wanted to talk about regarding this game, and that like I think it's awesome. I like oh, it's unbelievable. came like, back from a, a terrible injury, and like I want to enjoy that. But yeah. ESPN was forcing me to enjoy it, and I don't appreciate that. I within five minutes, five minutes, I heard the phrase catastrophic knee injury four times. Yes, that's too many times. We Wait get it, like. And and the thing is, like, when he made a big play, they weren't saying, like, oh, what a play, Mackenzie Millen. It, they were saying, oh, man, he just came back from a catastrophic knee yeah. injury, Mackenzie Millen. I'm like, talk about the moment that's happening in yes. front of us, not, like, something that happened two years ago. It's great, and it's a great story. And I – congratulations. You guys prepared <laughs> material 
for four games worth of this guy's knee that injury. Was crazy. And you put it all into one night, which which was unreal. But give us something else. Like, yeah, it, it, I want to enjoy it, but you can't just shove it down our throats for 30 minutes straight. That makes it not enjoyable. And that's why that's why I don't like you're making me feel like a jerk for for being like, who cares at this point? Because I want to kick. Well, yeah. it was cool. And then like. It's the, it's literally like this is one of the biggest moments. This could be one of the biggest moments of the season. Like, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the year, but this could end up being one of the best football games of the season. And, at, and between every play, they're showing his parents and not what's going on, like on the field. And I'm sitting there like I'm watching it and I thought Notre Dame was going to lose. Like, I'm going to be completely honest. You can ask anyone that was in the room. I said there's not a chance. I'm like Notre Dame would lose in to Mackenzie Milton in this fashion. Like, it's just too I can't even be mad about it because it's such a cool thing that's happening. And then ESPN's like, hey, did you guys know that this is a really cool thing that's happening? I'm like, everyone knows. All you had to do was like he hasn't been on the if you didn't watch any of the ESPN coverage all weekend because they I think they mentioned him probably on every game. I was listening to ESPN radio on Sunday morning because I just got in my car and it was on. And they're like, Mackenzie Milton's coming back. You don't see this happen. And I'm like, so, and then they had like the doctor's quote, like saying that he'll never play football again, come up like seven times. It was just absolutely crazy. It was, it was insane to yeah. watch. Um, anyway, the game ends up going into overtime. Notre Dame choked it away, goes into overtime. Um, I screamed ball, I think more than I've ever screamed ball in my life. Cause the ball was on the ground way too many times. Then Notre Dame never recovered it. But anyway, Notre Dame ends up winning with a walk-off field goal. Um, not a great, not a great way to start your season. But uh, also you're forgetting, uh, Florida state iced their own kicker. Like yes, just, they did. Yes. As a rule did. of thumb, you just don't do that. You just they, don't. What I don't like, though, is he called that timeout, right? We can – everyone can, like – everyone can confirm that, that he called that timeout, correct? Yeah, yeah. Literally, they had a timeout still on the board. He called the timeout, and they gave it back to him because they're like, oh, we're going to actually review this. Yeah. And so then he had the timeout again, which I didn't like well, that he could then no, use No, I don't know. Kicker, actually, but, he might have – it might have been he just called the challenge there. So. But, in that case, he won the challenge. Either he way, timeout. So he still but he still iced the kicker. Iced his own kicker. Insane. And like I get it because he wanted better field position there. But as soon as you saw the fifty yarder go through, you're like he's missing the next one. A hundred. Oh, yeah. Like I knew I knew for sure he was. I don't care where he's kicking from. He like, could be kicking we, we, from the five yard line, we, and I'm like he's like, missing. What was that? Like five five six minutes for, it was a long for them to ice. move the ball so much further forward and it's like obviously that he just knocked a, a 50 yarder right through the middle of course he's gonna miss this 29 yard chip shot or whatever it was yeah and then Notre Dame goes down their offense I mean I don't really know what their game plan was there I was just I was an advocate for don't let Jack Cohn touch the football just tell the running back to go put it on the whatever hash the kicker wants it and let him kick because in college football, really, you should be able to do that. But I absolutely love that Notre Dame like rushes it for like five yards on the first play, and then they progressively go back to where they would have just gone two yards back. Like it would have been the equivalent of just like shuffling over and taking a knee on the hash and kicking it anyway. Like they ran three pointless plays where they just went backwards and backwards and backwards again. 
Notre Dame ends up walking it off, winning. I'm not really sure what this is going to say about Notre Dame's season. Like, like I, they're not. It doesn't what, matter if they make the playoffs. So I'm not even going to bring up the playoffs because it's not going to matter anyway. But think I, of uh, what'd you think of the Brian Kelly quote after the game, saying all the I players. Gonna, I was actually going to talk about this in a little bit, but like. He's like, I'm a fan of execution. I like. In it. fact, I think all our players should be executed. <laughs> I like. I thought it was. I. I. I personally was like, yep, Brian Kelly's back because yeah. I was just. I had just made the comment to somebody the other day. We were sitting. In, I go to school in Michigan, and somehow I was sitting in an office that was just full of Notre Dame fans, and like, I was the only one that was actually from Indiana there. So it was. It, it was kind of weird, and we're all just sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, Brian Kelly's actually really like calm down i remember he used to like call P- he used to literally call kids out by name in the post-game press conferences and be like yeah, they sucked i mean you remember him grabbing tommy reese and ripping his head off on the sidelines and things like that and i was like because because like i made the point i was like yeah people in south bend didn't really like brian kelly that much and they're people they were forget, like people forget how much of a punching bag tommy reese was yeah. just like four years like, i noticed him <laughs> dude just like, got yeah, like I made the comment and they were like, what? People like didn't. I was like, he wasn't really that well received because of the way he acted. And I like I was like, yeah, but I got to give it to him. Like he doesn't really like scream at the players as much. Like he doesn't like grab their face masks and stuff like that. And he's been a lot better recently. Nice, and then he man. comes out. With, then he comes out with that gem. But like, yeah, I was going to talk about that in a little bit. But anyway, yeah, I'm not I'm not a Brian Kelly guy. I was a fan of that quote, though. Yeah, so I'll I'll I'll. I'll admit to that, but yeah, we we if you want to talk about it a little bit later, we'll I'll let you talk yeah. about it later. Uh, but that that I mean, do you have any other college football notes, or you just want to jump into a little bit a bit of NFL preview here? Yeah, I don't really think I I really actually don't think I have any other college football notes. I'm just excited to go uh, see Notre Dame play Cincinnati. That's gonna be a hopefully a good game. I hate Jack Cohn though, so stay tuned next week for when I fall in love with Jack Cohn because he can beat Toledo. Um, <laughs> That's going to be Sweet. sick. Also, sorry, one last thing. NBC is robbing us of Drew Brees' first Notre Dame broadcast by making it only available streaming through Peacock. You have to pay for their streaming service to watch Mike Tirico, Drew Brees, and uh, who's the other? It's uh, what's his face is the other guy. I can't even remember. But it, it's Drew Brees' first game calling Notre Dame on Dude. NBC. Peacock is becoming like enemy it's number so, one for me slowly. It's literally so stupid. Like they just like take all of it. It's not even good content. Like I get ESPN has an established like everything. And so when they go and throw a game on ESPN plus, you're like, oh, yeah, I would spend five ninety nine to get ESPN plus because look at all this other stuff I can get. Peacock's like you have to spend like seven ninety nine to watch this one game that we're going to restrict and there's no other quality content on here because everything else other than the office is on another streaming platform, all the TV yeah. shows and stuff. So yeah, whatever psych. that's yeah. So, but you don't have psych, psych is free. Psych is free yeah. on. Peacock. And I think it's on Amazon prime still. Oh, well there so, you go like, again. So screw, screw you Peacock. Double. They're not even. Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's really, that was my last beef that I had with that. Um, yeah, we can move on to the NFL now. Yeah. So NFL news, uh, Josh, what did you want to talk about here with the NFL? It's back. It's back. Um, the NFL is back. We got NFL football this week. Um, 
TJ Watts still has to sign his contract extension, which kind of like whatever that is, whatever he, I think he'll sign it. I know he'll sign it. I'm very confident that he'll sign it. Um, yeah. but football's back. Uh, I, we are bills people. We are pro bills on this podcast. You I'm are certainly. A, I'm taking a stance for a week. I hate the bills. Josh Allen is trash. Um, it's game week. You make no friends, you, but you know what they say? Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. So maybe that's what I was doing with the Bills. Yeah. But I do. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. This like whole this whole weekend of college football and then NFL ramping up this next week and watching Baylor play and then also watching Illinois lose just made me realize like there's going to be a couple weekends this year where it's going to be Baylor, Illinois, and the Bears all losing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then mixing that in with October baseball and like the potential of the White Sox like doing something that could drive me crazy. Oh yeah, I could be like I could be on suicide watch during the entire month of October. Just what so you guys I realized, know. Like I came to a similar realization last night with while watching Notre Dame because I was tame like the entire game and I got a little out of hand at the end of the game. But like after I was like, that was literally a Notre Dame game. And if I was going to rank like the teams that I care about most, Notre Dame's actually towards the bottom of that list like on my like emotional expenditure. And I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen next week when the Steelers play the Bills. Like I don't I don't know what's going to happen to me. I don't know what's going to happen to the people around me. Um we're going to have to see like I just don't know what the reaction's going to be. Yeah. But Bears, Bears have the Rams, and Matthew yeah. Stafford has historically dominated the Bears, and now he's actually on a good team too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll see. I do have a, I have a question for. I want you to. We're gonna do a fill in the blank here. I have a couple okay. fill in the blanks for you. Yeah. Next week, the Bears will be blank. The Bears will be back, dude. Bears will 100% be back. I don't care. I don't care who's under center, man. Could be Andy Dalton. Could be Justin Fields. Could be Nick Foles. I don't care. Bears are back. I mean, uh, I am nervous because the Bears have maybe 25% of a competent secondary. So <laughs> that's scary. They, they chose to they chose to not address uh, cutting Kyle Fuller, and they brought in a bunch of vet, veterans, and then they cut all those veterans. So yeah. I'm I'm very nervous about the secondary. It could be like Swiss cheese, and uh, I'm not excited for a Packers matchup against that secondary early in the season, certainly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, right now, without any repercussions, I'll be saying the Bears are back, okay. certainly. Perfect. That's, yeah. that's what I like to hear. So I feel like we kind of have similar mentalities going into our team's games where it's like we don't really know what to expect. And, like, the Steelers most definitely can beat the Bills. I have no doubt in my mind that the, the Pittsburgh Steelers can beat the Bills next week. I just have no idea what's going to happen. Like, yeah. and I love, in previous years, like, I've been able to, like, play it out, and I've kind of known what I'm getting. Like, we played the Giants last year to start, and I could, in my head, comprehend what was going to happen. I cannot comprehend what's going to happen in this Steelers game. And it's driving me crazy, and I feel like it's kind of similar with you and the Bears. Like, what? What are we actually going to get? What product are we actually getting this year? And I guess my next question, you kind of touched on it, is next next Monday when we record, the Bears quarterback will be blank. Ah, <sighs> uh, 
So if the game goes well, it's going to be Andy Dalton still uh, because that means there would have been no reason to pull him. Yes. But <laughs> Andy Dalton is going to be facing Aaron Donald and the Rams defense, which was the best defense in the NFL last year. Uh, the Bears quarterback next week will be Justin Fields. Okay. It's going to be Justin Fields. All right. Uh, and Andy Dalton will already have shown enough to make him a backup quarterback. But the Bears are still back. I'm just saying. Okay. Just I like it. I like it. Have to save the team. Yeah. I like it. That, those those were actually those are just those were great great answers for me. So yeah, I mean. I, I have really... a question. Just just something yeah. that's kind of been in the back of my head. Uh, and it's kind of random, but Justin Herbert, like everybody's expecting him to just go off this year. Was he that good last year where he was like, he's expected to be like a top 10 quarterback this year. I don't know that he was that good as much as all of his draft counterparts were that bad. That's true. Um, So I think like just comparatively speaking, I think he looked a lot better than um, he actually was. I do think he'll be pretty good. I think, He's kind of what the the Rams want, but you know, who is who's the number one pick last? Oh, it's Joe Burrow. It's Joe Burrow. Oh. Um, yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe also- Burrow got hurt, and then and then Tua was not that impressive. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm not. Very, I'm not in on Tua. I don't think he's that I'm, good. I'm completely out on Tua. I still have not had to come to terms with the fact that I'm going to have to hate Joe Burrow because I still do like Joe Burrow. Um, I haven't come to terms with the fact that I'm going to have to hate him. And this year, I think I'm going to actually have to start hating Joe Burrow. So that's one thing that we can look for throughout this entire year. Um, I saw somewhere that said, uh, <laughs> Justin Herbert is Josh Allen for liberals. And I thought that was so funny. <laughs> it's just so, it's so accurate. Like they're, they're like, they're the same level of likability. They seem like, you yeah. know, Guys, they're both really tall, so yeah. You know. No, I like that. I both, like that. Both cuties too, you know. Cutie. I cute. like that. I yeah. like that. So, or maybe just like diet Josh Allen if you don't want to, you know, bring yeah. the politics into yeah. it. I'll <laughs> diet Josh Allen. He's a diet Josh Allen. I yeah. love it. Absolutely loved. It. I love that. Um, do you, should we talk about Thursday night's game? Maybe a little bit. Um. Are yeah. you at all like looking forward to this? Is there any for like is there any hype for the casual what is Thursday night's game? Tampa Bay playing Dallas. Like, is there any hype for oh. the casual football fan to watch this game at all? Yes, of course there is. Like, it's Tom Brady, who everybody knows, and it's the Dallas Cowboys, who everybody hates. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a casual football fan or you're not even a sports fan. You hear Dallas Cowboys, you're just like, ooh, like. That just triggered some sort of yeah, like I, primal emotion in my brain, and I it's not happy. I don't see, like. See, but for me, I hate both of them, and I just me watching this, I have to see one of the evils succeed. Yeah, which no, really that, sucks for me. But I'm that's saying always, that's always like a negative, but also you get to see one of them fail, which is great. It's yes. likely going to be the Cowboys, which is usually hilarious. True. Well. What's gonna be? Is it gonna be Zeke or Dak on Friday morning? That's the storyline coming out of Dallas. Oh, that is a good question. I'm gonna go with Dak because I think the Cowboys lose the game, and you know it's gonna be so much of Dak, you know, coming off of an injury. Yeah. Like is Dak 100% all this stuff? It's just it seems easier, 
But at the same time, Zeke could do something crazy at any time that we just oh, yeah. think of, and then he'll be the storyline. So there's always certainly a chance for it to be Zeke, but I think it'll be mm-hmm. Dak. I think I'm going to take it slightly one step further. I'm going to say it is going to be Dak, but it's going to be did they rush Dak back because he's going to be hurt to some extent. Yeah, at the end of this game, it's not surprising that I'm not that, I'm not wishing this is not me wishing an injury on Dak. It's just me knowing that that would be a Cowboys storyline to get is like, did Jerry Jones because all I've ever heard or all I've been hearing about this injury is like how everyone's like they called an MLB team. It's got to be terrible. They're just rushing him back. It's going to be so bad, like because they called an MLB team. I feel like it's a probably a pretty routine thing for trainers to do like call their colleagues who know more about certain things and ask for advice like i don't i don't know like when i'm when i'm at work and i have like a question about like a marketing thing i go to the marketing director and i ask him about it i mean like when i go to the doctor because i when i sliced my thumb open he goes hey go see this hand specialist because he deals in this stuff so they called a trainer who was a shoulder specialist and asked about it i don't know why it's getting so blown out of proportion like i I thought that was just a common thing that happened in sports was like oh hey here's your diagnosis we're gonna get on the phone to get you the best help we can my friend does this and he'll know better than me like, but at, at the same time, Dak is coming back from one of the worst cramps of all time. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, Dude, so. I can't remember what I was. I think it was Javi. I was watching a game with. And, oh, it was the it, it was the tweet with uh, uh, Minnesota's running back. Someone tweeted out the video and someone goes, you got to hope that's just a cramp. And Javi and Javi was like said to me, he's like, what an idiot. Like, that's not just a cramp. And I'm like. No, they're making fun of Tony Romo. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> like, Come on, Javi. Come on. Get the joke, dude. It's like Tom Bre- the Tom Brenneman joke. Like, you just got to yeah. get it right away. Yeah. Uh, but It's great to see. One, one other thing I saw with the NFL is Tyrod Taylor has yes. been named the starting quarterback of yes. the Houston Texans. So, I mean, Huge. Texans still looking for three first-round picks for Deshaun Watson. I cannot Huge believe news. that. I don't. Um, I, yeah, at this point, you just gotta deal him. I mean, you just gotta do something to help your team. Like, he. I mean, the dude shouldn't be able to play another snap at this point no. in the NFL. So, I I don't know why you're expecting that for him. I'm glad he's not. He wasn't named the starting quarterback. That's cool. Like that was totally job. something that I kind of in the back of my mind thought was gonna like. I thought it was oh. going to just fly under the radar. They just weren't going to like announce a starting quarterback, and then he was just going to start and see if anyone noticed or if we were all just in the trance of football. And, like, okay, yeah, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> he's, but, still, he's still on the roster. Like, I, I don't know. If Tyrod Taylor gets hurt, it, does Deshaun Watson come in as the backup quarterback? Is that what's going to happen? Or, or do they still have another quarterback on the roster and they're yeah, still I skipping him? Because he's, he's on the roster right now. Yeah, I have no idea how that's all going to work out. And I don't really think Houston has any idea what's going on. Yeah. And how and that's going to work out either. But you know the thing about Tyrod Taylor, he does have an injury history. Like even when, you know, getting his lungs punctured when he's not even supposed to. I mean, yeah. just a slight you, can't, in- you cannot avoid injuries. Yeah. So. Just a slight injury history there, but. It's bad. Yeah. 
Any other NFL notes? I saw Mark Davis is buying a mansion in Vegas, which just has to be a kick in the nuts to Oakland fans because the, he yeah. screamed poor for so long, and then he's buying a yeah. mansion in Vegas. So that can't feel good. But And it's literally all black and gray or silver. Oh, I absolutely love it. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Just I love when people with money, like especially the fact that he like, pled poor, just comes out and is just like doing this now. It's just I just love when people with money just use their money and everyone just goes like I love the people on Twitter that get mad when they see a post about someone rich like buying a new mansion or something. They're like they could have donated X number of meals or they could have done this. They could have done that. They could have solved all of these different world issues. But the dude's got a black and silver house. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's also the son it. of like if, if you thought they're like if you thought Al Davis and Mark Davis seemed like completely different people, even though they were father and son. Now you can see the relationship here. So yeah. that, that like, that's just, cool, I guess. It's just sick. Like, that's just cool. Hopefully um, he has energy efficient windows. Am I right? I could sell him some power yeah. windows, dude. Yes. See, Sick. maybe you got out of the window game a little bit too. Maybe you got out of the window game a little bit too soon there. Mm, I I could not disagree with you more. Uh, yeah. Any I other NFL notes or you want to swing it to our segments? Uh, I don't think I have any NFL notes actually anymore. Um, I'm just really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to a good week of football. I'm hoping that I can enjoy my week of football. I know that I probably, in reality, will not be enjoying my week of football, but I hope I can enjoy it. I wish all NFL fans the best. I hope that you all get into the right mindsets, can get everything taken care of. Um, Get those jerseys out. Make sure they're nice and clean. Get everything ready. Make sure you don't need to replace any of your any of your stuff for game days, just make sure we're, we're all good. We're ready to roll. This is the real deal. It's not a drill. The Michael Scott, the Michael Scott gift right now. Okay. It's happening. It, it's yep. real. Football's it's, back. We're, we're it's, ready. It's back. Be ready. Let's, let's go on to our segments. Where should we start? Colin? Uh, let's go kicker of the week. The return kicker of the week is back. It is so back. I got dibs. I got dibs here. I got dibs first. Don't, don't take mine. Uh, my uh, kicker of the week is back. I'm going Caleb Dowden. Is it was that yours? I don't think so. I don't know my kicker's name though. Okay, he's the kicker for Mercer. No, that was not mine. Okay, okay. Caleb Dowden, kicker for Mercer. Mercer was uh absolutely shutting down the team they were playing, about to go up seventy to nothing. Uh, until he mixed, until he missed the yes. extra point, yes. making making the score sixty nine to nothing. Uh, really, just a man of the people. Really appreciate what you did there, uh, Caleb. So thank you for uh, keeping the purity of college football alive. Thank you. Yeah. You didn't look up your kicker's name though. No, Josh's kicker of the week is Sarah Fuller. No, Again. it's not. Okay. It's not. I can't say his name. It's the Florida State kicker uh, because dude got iced. And we talked yeah. about this. Most of these we've actually already talked about because like, but whatever. He's the return. He got iced. He's my kicker of the week. Um, drilled, the, drilled the 50 yarder. He had the 50 it. Yarder. Like that sure. was, you might've thought maybe I'd go with Jonathan Dorr, the Notre Dame kicker who made it, but no, he didn't make a 50 yarder. He didn't. No. 
Florida State's no. kicker made the 50-yarder. Did he yeah, get iced? He did, did he get, get iced, iced, but, like, <laughs> you know what? He didn't, he didn't get week. iced for six minutes, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's my kicker of the week. We absolutely – we love it. We love that it's back. Kickers kickers are so back. Um, It's going to be fun. Kickers and officials slander is back. Kickers are not people. It was a bad weekend to be a kicker, though, like in college football. Bad. There were a lot of missed kicks and a lot of easy kicks. Like, Penn State's kicker sucked. Georgia. Um, yeah. Just Georgia we can, we, can, we can go back and list every – we can go back through every single game, and there's a bad kicker moment in almost every game. Yeah. Um, ba- but anyway. Baylor, Baylor's kicker kicked three balls out of, out of bounds on the kickoffs this <laughs> this week. So that, that was awesome to watch. So, yeah. Kickers, baby, they're back. I love it. Where should we go next, Kellen? Uh, let's go player of the week. My player of the week, we actually just talked about him. It's Tyrod Taylor for getting named the starter. Nice. Um, because so a lot of my friends have been doing this thing where they just like every time they hear an Adele song, they say R.I.P. Adele. And they act like Adele's dead just because she hasn't done anything and she hasn't been in the news in so long. And so they have convinced so many people that Adele is actually dead. Like people now have to Google and look up whether or not Adele is alive when they hang out with people in my friend group because they're just like R.I.P. Adele. And like it's just so sad that Adele's not dead. Yeah. I didn't know Tyrod Taylor was still alive, if I'm being completely honest, until I saw the tweet that he was a starter. And I was like congrats he's back and then i was like what's going on with deshaun watson like no one's heard anything about any of this and then i couldn't have t- if you asked me josh what team is tyrod taylor on i would have not been able to give you an answer because like i said didn't even know the guy was alive but he's my player of the week he's back he's gonna lead the disastrous houston texans do they have anyone on that team still that like they I mean, like, they got a couple of running backs. They got uh, Mark Ingram now. Don't they have uh, like seven Johnsons on that team too? David Johnson's still there. Uh, I don't even know. It's going to be rough. Like, I think <laughs> they're going to be 3-14, and 2-15, and 15, something like that. It's going to be it's a bad so year. so bad. They were so up and coming. Like, just two years ago. Just two years ago, they were like. Yeah. We'll hope that they had a star quarterback who was not accused of sexual assault at the star time. Star quarterback, so. great wide receivers, great defensive player of the year like they had it all and they let it go but tyrod taylor you're my player of the week kellen who do you got uh my player of the week is zeb noland out of south carolina grad student forced into the quarterback role he was actually a coach on the staff but he still had eligibility all their quarterbacks were hurt so uh he threw for four touchdowns in the first half against eastern illinois yeah, it's Eastern Illinois, but this guy's also was on the coaching staff a week ago. So yeah, let's ch- let's chill out, people, and like give him his credit where credits due. Balled out versus uh, Eastern Illinois, so uh, really cool. Had to be one of the coolest moments of uh, his life, right there. Mm-hmm. My other player of the week that I do have though is uh, Henry Ramos, who uh, was playing AAA baseball last week. Just called up, just got called up to the majors, but. Uh, last week he hit a home run and during his home run trot, a fight was started because he was pimping it too hard in the middle of the home run trot. I love and that. That is amazing. And he I just got that. called up to the majors. He, he did not look, he looked very cowardly in the fight. He just kept hiding yeah. behind people, 
which it was a bad look, but not not a lot, not very often do fights get started mid home run try. So I appreciate that, no, and that I appreciate that, that he's uh, he got his call up. So that's pretty congratulations. Awesome. Pretty awesome. Where should we go next? Um, let's go fan base of the week. Okay, my fan base of the week this week is football fans. Oh, because shocking! Just unbelievable moment. Like we're getting the recognition we deserve as fans. And you know what? People always, people always like give me crap for saying we when I'm talking about my team and everything. And if this weekend shown one thing, it's how important fans are. Because I don't care who you are, you see in that full stadium, there's not one person on this earth that was like, wow, that kind of sucked. Last year was better. Like the fans make sports. They say all you want about the athletes, but you need you need the NARPs up in the stands cheering on the athletes. Yeah. And my family's the weakest fans. It's just fans like I mean, mean, if if fans weren't important, how did Fansville season three just just get signed on? Exactly. We're we're back. We're 100 percent back. It's us. We are fans and we are back and we are the fan base of the week. Yes, all of us. Uh, My fan base of the week, I'll get a little more specific, is uh, that one North Carolina fan who tried to fight the entire Virginia Tech student section. Yeah. He he landed like one punch on a student, which is like he just it's like a 40 year old man, like soccer punching an 18 year old, which is objectively funny to me already. Yeah. And then then he just gets swallowed into a swarm. Of people wearing Michael Vick jerseys, which is terrifying. That is, like, that's that's a scary moment for you. Like, your life flashes before your eyes right there. It's just like, like, he, he, he throws a punch, gets pummeled, and then just, like, three guys with Michael Vick jerseys swarm him. And I'm like, oh, no, he's dead. That is he's the dead. last thing he's you want to see. Dead. If you're laying yeah. down and you look up and you just see Michael Vick jerseys, you know it's just over. Just the Virginia Tech number seven coming down on you right then. Oh, <laughs> terrifying so i'm pretty sure he saw the light that, that guy might not be alive anymore definitely had to get stretched out or something yeah that's insane you're not looking good certainly uh but my other fan base of the week is gonna be uh fans who like using their middle finger uh because a couple of those fans oh, have been yeah. caught uh florida state fans florida throwing state. a vicious middle finger at oh, the yeah. At Notre Dame, just like I mean, that was an all-time thing. Dude, that girl but, in the back, you do not want to cross her. Dude, that's that's her all I'm saying. Longer than her actual thing. Like, yeah, it was it was vicious. Uh, and I'm excited. I'm excited seeing those fans getting caught on camera again. Just like the when ESPN's painting the crowd, they're just like caught at the wrong moment. Oh yeah, it's the best. And, and it, it does like. It's not. It's a nice transition going from that because, like, the one benefit of having the emptier stadiums from last year was you can hear all the fans and you could just hear like so many mother effers and all that yeah. stuff. So at least we get you know the pants of the crowd where they're just doing. They're nap. doing yeah, and if you catch the right broadcast, it's going to be an 8K too because yeah. Fox is using that 8K camera. So it's just it, it's so it's unreal. I love it. The sad fans like. There's dude, Florida State fans last night. I think they saw every single emotion because they were like they were out. Then they came back in and then they got their hearts just ripped out of them because their coach iced their own kicker. And sometimes all you can do is just throw up the middle finger at the 
like that's it. That that's yep. the only emotion they had. So yeah, I love that. That was such a great. It was such a great moment. We didn't get any surrender cobras that I that at least went viral this weekend. Yeah. Did we? Yeah, not not that I saw. Those are, those are certainly coming though at this point. Yes. So. Uh, Josh, uh, you want to do coach of the week? Who's your coach of the week? Uh, my coach of the week is John McKay. Uh, he was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach back in the seventies when they went oh, and whatever they didn't win a game. They had their winless season, and he made the original execution comment. And Brian Kelly thought that people were gonna get the reference when he referenced him by making his execution comment. And no one got it. It missed. And I love the Brian Kelly like soundbite after like in his postgame press conference where he's like, people didn't understand that. What do you mean? Like, well, wait, they didn't. So did did John McKay say like because I know John McKay said like like what like he was asked about uh, like execution in the game and he was just like, I'm in favor of it. Did he actually say, like, I want to execute my no, players? No, he said he was in favor of execution. Like, he he alluded to the execution of his players by saying, like, yeah, I'm in favor of execution for my team. Like, you know, where you can take it like that. Brian Kelly tried to do the same thing, but just to like, yeah, change he, up he the wording a little bit. Literal. And it kind, it kind of missed. But, like, whatever. So, John McKay, you're, you are my coach of the week because you're back in the news. And the fact that you had a winless season is back in the news, which I just absolutely love. Like, I'm I'm surprised Brian Kelly guy. had to like apologize. I don't even know if he apologized. I think he did. He, like, I don't. It, it I don't was like a, he actually. I don't think he did apologize. I think he was just like, oh, I didn't realize that that wasn't t- that was taken literally. Like, yeah, I thought I, everybody I knew. Wrong. I w- I was gonna say I'm surprised that people are actually getting mad at that because it's just like a normal coach thing to say. Like, it's not like he meant it or anything. Like, oh, yeah, I actually want to murder 50 yeah. kids. So, well, let's do that. I don't I don't think I don't think he meant it. Was, yeah, I did see this one tweet, though, that was like um, Brian Kelly dropping the F-bomb. That's not very Catholic of you, sir. Brian Kelly saying he wants to execute 100 people. Well, that's actually pretty Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. yeah, that should that should have been very pro Notre Dame right there. So. But like, yeah. yeah, so it is, it is what it is. It was, it was funny. John McKay, you are my coach of the week because you're back in the news. I don't, is he alive? We don't know. Um, but if it is have fun, cause now your winless seasons got brought back up again because of Brian Kelly saying he wants to execute Notre Dame football players. Kellen, <laughs> who's your coach of the week? Love it. Uh, my coach of the week is Dana Holgerson. What a loser. This guy's such a loser. Uh, that he, he's the coach of the Houston Cougars, uh, formerly coach of West Virginia Mountaineers. I uh, said, he said he had a quote before the game. They go by Reckham tech. Now we're going to wreck tech, which is just like lame. It just doesn't even yeah. sound good. That's a bad also, game day poster right there. Yeah. Also like just to go up on tech, just to lose to them is you can't have that happen after that quote yeah. either. So really just embarrassing yourself. I've never been a Dana Holgerson guy. That guy does really crummy stuff to a lot of his uh, student athletes where he just like takes away their scholarships or forces mm-hmm. them to sit or, or he's going to take away their scholarships. So 
I'm happy to see he got his, uh, but for some reason that makes him my coach of the week because he came out with such an awesome quote. He's so dope. Uh, and Houston is going to be the little brother of the Big 12 for the next 50 years. So I'm excited for Houston to be a punching bag okay. for the Big 12. And also Brian Kelly was my other coach of the week, but you kind of touched on that. Yeah. So, so yeah. we'll jump into Tweet of the Week and then call it a show. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. do you want to start or I'll, I'll start. Uh, my tweet of the week comes from another loser, in my opinion, my humble opinion, Rex Chapman, who saw the greatness of what was the Virginia Tech game. Uh, yeah, the, the huge crowd, all the fans going crazy. And he quote tweeted with, oh, my God, the COVID bowl, which is like, you know, you can have your own opinions on COVID, whether there should be fans gathering or not. But about a month or two months ago, he tweeted out a picture of himself at the Suns game saying yeah. with, with a full crowd in attendance, you know, excited, uh, saying go Suns, excited to be at the Suns game. He's just a hypocrite. I've never liked Rex Chapman. He, all he does is steal tweets from people and get millions of likes for it. So he's not funny. He's good at stealing stuff. And uh, he's a hypocrite at the end of the day. It's just very in line with his personality. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Josh, what's your tweet of the week? <laughs> My tweet of the week comes from Dickie V. Good old yeah. Dick Vitale. No Notre Dame fan. He is. He bleeds. He bleeds the, the golden blue. Because during the Notre Dame game, I don't know how much money he's getting paid for this. He is just tweeting out ads for Pepto-Bismol the entire time. Here's one tweet. goes, um... <laughs> As an Irish, as a big Irish football fan slash, the end result was never in doubt. All caps. Ha ha ha. The Pepto Bismol was flowing at Pepto, and then he literally wakes up this morning. Did the Fighting Irish win? Question mark. Ha ha. Wow. The at Pepto was needed big time. He's literally just just <laughs> during Notre Dame football games being like, wow, <laughs> Pepto-Bismol is needed so big right now. So it just, it he's made the me great, laugh. He's the greatest spokesman of all time. <laughs> like what a random plug. I was not expecting to see that on my uh, timeline when I woke up this morning, but like he's my, t- him tweeting about Pepto in the middle of a Notre Dame football game is definitely my tweet of the week. Just, so so dicky v this Dude, is one of the most dicky v things ever it's death taxes and dicky v tweeting about pepto bismol in the middle of a big sporting Dude. event and literally then he like i just love it because he tags everybody at the end he tweets like three words and then tags like 13 people and brands and everything yep. and it, it's just so funny to me it's so funny to me but yeah dicky v you and pepto ads tweet of the week Awesome, awesome. Well, that's uh, that's our episode right there for you. Uh, oh, yeah, you got any closing have, notes? Oh uh, yeah, Pitt beat Baylor in volleyball this week. Right. Baylor, Baylor actually has a good volleyball team too. Yeah, I just thought we should talk about that, um, or just okay. at least mention the fact that Pitt did beat Baylor in volleyball. Congrats. Uh, I do, I do follow Baylor volleyball from time to yeah. time. So uh, that, that, that's a big win. Uh, Baylor made it to the Final Four last or maybe two years ago for volleyball. Uh, so they they have uh, they have a good team certainly. Oh, also one other thing I did need to mention is 
We talked about Max Kellerman last week, and he's getting replaced by none other than the greatest tight end of all time, Tim Tebow. Yeah. So first take is going to be wild seeing Stephen A. talk to Tim Tebow. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, could it's going to put him in territory to to compete with Undisputed now with uh, Skip and Shannon. So I think that's why they got rid of it. Like it got rid of Max. They're like, we get Tebow. Skip yeah. it, Shane, and be darn. Also, yeah. Speaking of Tim Tebow, the Florida's quarterback is wearing 15. Ooh. I don't know if you noticed this. And he's rushing and, like, pulling. He's going through guys. He's a lot more athletic than Tim Tebow. Like, he literally, like, dragged, like, three guys, broke a tackle, and then hurdled someone on the same play, and he's wearing 15. I just wanted to mention that. I forgot to mention it earlier. But, like, big week for Tim Tebow because – all people are going to think is like, wow, that reminds me of Tim Tebow. And now he's going to just debate with Stephen A. Is Unreal. he a lefty? I don't think he's a lefty. But uh, that's all right. Yeah. It, un- it, unreal- it unravels there. But, like, yeah. We'll see. All right. That's the show, though. Right? Yeah. Football's back. It, Thanks for joining yep. us. You're going to get a full breakdown. And we might be in very bad moods next week. But you're going to get a full podcast. Full NFL reactions. It's been way too long since we've had an NFL reaction show. It's the first one of the year. Hopefully it's happy. Hopefully we can stay stay upbeat. But till then, stay unbiased and we'll see you next week. Yep. See you next time. Bye. Staring at the ground, take hold, fall apart. Little by little, someone blows the whistle. It don't matter in the end. So just slow it all down, slow it all down.